0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelly Shearer here. It's always good when I know my own name. I'm having a great day. I hope you are, too. I have just been through kind of three days of transformation. Change is always uncomfortable. It, it, it just is the way it is, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. There's very few times in life, at least in my experience. Remember, this is all about just my experience and observations. It doesn't make it fact. Is that change. Change is hard. But feedback is fantastic if you've made your mind up. You want change. So I just want to give a quick shout out to some new listeners in, wow, not a few, Germany found me. Um, (laughs) Welcome, welcome. And Singapore, I have new listeners in Singapore, and I always like to just uh, do a little shout out to those uh, who have found me on iTunes or whatever of the other dozen platforms that I'm on for podcasts and say welcome, welcome on this journey, because I do not believe that my perspective is always just Canadian bound. Uh, I like to think that change and not living in regret and healthy eating, good finances, that's a worldwide thing. Our economics and laws and cultures may be different and they may divi- divide us far more than they should. But the bottom line is we are all just human beings that were raised in different pockets of uh, of culture and the basics are still the same. We still need to work, we still need to eat, we still need to grow as people. So so welcome and thank you very much for joining us. I hope you'll stay with us. So. I had a coaching call this week with my mentor, Sam Crowley, and he does the podcast Every Day a Saturday, and if you've never checked it out and you like high energy, he is the man to download. (laughs) Absolutely. And I've been putting off this coaching call for a few weeks because I really wanted to be clear on my direction, and he put a lot of things in perspective for me and where we go next because I am looking to expand my platform of, of exposure. That's really the probably the best way to, to put it. The experiences there. I've certainly, you know living 51 years and and a lot of the life I was gonna say life choices. Um, yeah, life choices that I've chosen and experiences that I've had. you can't change those now it's just really a matter of putting them in perspective and perhaps sharing them with uh, the rest of the world and seeing if you can learn something along with me. But I had great feedback from a listener and a dear friend this week, and I will work on it, I promise, because one of the things she said, was that in my podcast, and you have to remember, there is no moving forward without a small step. So if you've been with me from the beginning, and bless you, because most of you are probably people I know right from the beginning, and I, I'm i so gracious, and I'm, I mean, I'm so uh, grateful, not gracious, I'm so grateful for that, thank you. You've probably seen some changes, and I've calmed down a lot. But one of the things that is feedback I'm getting all the time is that I've got great points, salient points that... Uh, you know, are helping people and, and help people to think, but I'm not giving you, the listener, enough time to sort of absorb it. I am definitely working on my public speaking, and I tend to do um and like a lot. Apparently, my girlfriend listened to my podcast the other day, and I said it something like 21 times. <laughs> now, I try and not say the um thing, because I, I listen to public speakers, and I'm just like, see, there it is, the like. Forget the Canadians say a. Apparently, I say like all the time. It's really you need to work that out of your public speaking because it's very annoying at least for me the listener well it's sort of the same thing working on this podcast and I did not take that as a negative not even remotely now the funny thing is is if I've got younger listeners when I was in my 20s yes I took criticism very hard now granted as with most things in life your family's your biggest critic and quite honestly Sometimes you shouldn't be listening to them. It's not that their you sh- it's not that their advice is bad, but my experience again is 50% of the time. Your family are the ones that can hurt you the most because they know the most about you. That's why later when you're married and divorces happen and they get so nasty is because no one can hurt you as badly as the person that knows you the best. Okay? They know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And unfortunately, whether intentionally or unintentionally, that information and that knowledge can be used. You know what they say, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, with a lot of information comes a lot of responsibility as well. So just because you can doesn't mean you should. A little segue, choose the person that you want to be, okay, and how you want to act. So having a lot of information about someone doesn't give you the right to you know, rip their soul apart. So if you've had an experience in, in your younger years and you just feel your family is always the person that's the negative influence and the whatever, just be aware that you're never gonna get that sort of feedback from strangers. They don't know you that well. Now granted, families, and again in my experience, don't tend to be as tactful as perhaps and as loving as they could and should be. Plus you have to remember there's a lot of people out there and it doesn't have to be family. That if they're not in a place in their life that they're happy with, they're just going to rain that unhappiness and that inadequacy all over everyone else around them. And I definitely did notice that in my younger years. I am a very outgoing personality and a little larger than life sometimes when I was younger. But I also had a lot of insecurities. It led to an eating disorder. It led to some some bad relationships. Right, like right from my teens into my twenties just a decade of things that were were very unfortunate and things I had to overcome, but it was just all based in insecurity. So if you are listening to this podcast and perhaps giving unsolicited advice to others, please do it out of love and be very, very careful that you do not have your own agenda. Okay. Uh, That was a total segue. Never, not really where I was going with today, but I guess it sort of is because feedback If you cannot handle constructive feedback, you will not grow. So I'm very grateful. I couldn't have been more than 26, 27, probably, maybe even younger. Uh, 25, actually. My son was just a little tyke. I forgot. Yes, I was 25. Because when I was in my 20s, I made a decision to go and temp. I worked for a temp agency where they put you in temporary positions where people are away. I was able to go into positions far superior and senior to, to what I would have been able to apply for for a job. The reason for that was I was quite mature at a young age and I dressed very well. So I came across very mature, very put together, but I didn't have the skill set really to be a, you know, an executive secretary or anything at the age of 22. But sometimes when you're a temp, they cut you a lot of slack and especially when you're on executive floors, they just really want someone that's, you know, competent and mature looking at the front desk. And it wasn't even just secretarial work. There was a number of things I went into, including a mortgage brokerage that really was a little out of my scope and I had to catch up fast. I had to learn fast, but the exposure was amazing and it gave me great confidence. So I was, by the time I was 25, I actually was hired into jobs. I'm not even really sure was I qualified? Who knows? But someone thought I was. But I really do put a lot of that basis down to the fact that I had this amazing experience for about two years, I temped, coming out of, uh, you know, when I crashed out of university, completely different story. And I really, really was just trying to find myself. I had to get to work. So <clears throat> that's one of the, one of the uh, routes I took. One of my bosses at that age gave me some just great advice. So at 25, I had an amazing mentor. I worked for a, a company called Realty World. They, I don't even think they exist here in Canada anymore. They were a realty company. I worked for the director of marketing. He was just amazing mentor, just amazing mentor. And then that job I could handle very well, actually. In fact, I handled it a little too well <laughs> and uh, and kind of overstepped my bounds a little bit. I just felt that there was things that needed to be done, but I was young and you know, management was like, okay, Darling, you're, you're an administrative assistant, not the manager, but my boss traveled a lot. I looked after a lot of his his uh, workload for him, and I, we just had a great synergy, and he was just a great mentor. From So from that position in his amazing letter of recommendation, I went to work for Bancorp Mortgage. Now, there I was way out of my league. I look back at that now and think, wow, how did I manage to do that job? Because there were days it was really scary. I just felt so lost. And I was also finding myself as a person. It was a real era, a time of transition in my mid-20s, trying to find my confidence and finding myself. I was very big on image and looking coordinated all the time and looking put together. But in actual fact... I was actually quite immature life experience because of the protective Christian lifestyle I lived. I hadn't been out in the world, and so I was at a huge disadvantage. And mortgage brokerage, by the way, is this, is like working for the stock market. We're talking, and I don't mean to be rude, but you do really work with the... Trousers, snakes and the scum of the earth sometimes some great people but a lot of the young men that in that particular time and age it was a lot of men these guys are cocky guys with their MBAs out of, out of university and they're assholes oh I'm not supposed to swear on this podcast I apologize but they are I mean they're worrying about the next uh Hugo Boss belt they're worried about the next Gucci shoes it is just it is lifestyle it is just like suits and those shows on TV it really was and I I It was kind of like a moth to a flame. You're slightly attracted to it, but you're also a bit scared of it. And when I got older, I realized, oh, that was not what I wanted. It was a huge, actually, turning point for why I became self-employed, because I didn't want to work with those types of people. They sucked me in for a couple of years, and I kind of have a few memories of that whole corporate world that kind of makes me feel like I need a shower. So uh, yeah, glad that part of my life was over. But I certainly, again, with experience, I, I wouldn't be the person I am without it. The point of that was there was another mentor in that position as well. One that actually had to come down on me. It was very uncomfortable and it was very yucky. But let me tell you, when I left that job, I'm pretty sure I I had one more position and then I opened my company. I also purchased an automotive um, security company a few years after that, before I was even 30, and I ran into that lady that was my boss at, at Bancourt Mortgage when I was doing a mobilizer. I was at a trade show at the, um, uh, sorry, BC Place, I think is what it used to be called here. And my car was there, it was, it was automotive security, of course, and you're really just playing to that sexual male mentality, I'm sorry, it is, is what it is. And, and this woman walked by and she didn't even recognize me. And I just had to stop her and thank her because I honestly, there are things in my life, and I have one more mentor to mention, it was much later in life, that you can remember what people say to you. But you know what they say? The saying is, people don't remember what you said. They remember how you make them feel. I don't really even remember what Ken from Realty World ever said to me, what uh, Alita, Alita, I think her name was, from Bancorp really ever said to me. It was how they made me feel. They empowered me, they supported me, and they corrected me. So if you're a young person listening to this, please take advice. Our, your parents and bosses do not natter at you. Well, sometimes they do. but for the most part, our intentions are simply to pass on our knowledge. And if you are working for an amazing person, they want you to one succeed, perhaps even to surpass you. A great parent wants their children to, to surpass them. My son will, is surpassing me and I am thrilled. He was raised to to want more, to be more. I want him, that for him. And I don't want to be negative and hold him back because my own ego is in the way. Nap, nap. don't go there. Clean it up. And so be that boss, be that parent. The third uh, mentor I had that I remember, but I remember what they said. And it was really just more of a, I was struggling in a job. I was already owned my Genesis company, but I had taken... I had a client who got bought out by a public company and they kept me on on contract four days a week as their controller so there was a huge bump in my career as well again i took on something that was just a little bit beyond my comfort zone but i you know i was a third year cga student i hit taxation and hated it so i said i'm not i'm not becoming accountant i was good at being a bookkeeper and managing finances i was i was good at setting up systems There were just these were my skill sets so i i thought why go spend another $30,000 on an education That to do a job that I didn't enjoy. I enjoyed what I was doing. This particular boss, I was struggling in my office one day and I'd actually had a confrontation with a coworker, one with a sales rep who was, he was totally out of line. That was fine. But at this point in my life, I learned to stand up for myself. I was in my early thirties now at this point and I didn't let people push me around because I am very emotional. So confrontation used to really scare me, which is kind of funny because people actually pay me to deal with the government and stuff, which is nine times out of 10 is always confrontational. So maybe my upbringing with my mother and my father and my sister and all those issues we had as we were younger prepared me for that. So, you know, you've got to look at the positive. He said to me when I was having this conflict, so I had this conflict with the sales rep and then I was having struggling, I was struggling with one of my staff members who actually worked for me And it's like, what is going on here? And this person came into my office, shut the door and sat down and said, Shelly, if they were you, they would have your job. He was very clear that his direction at that point was, you know, I had a certain skill set and I had a certain confidence level. And yes, I'm a controlling achiever. So of course, I'm I'm very much a leader. You know, I I, I walk into a situation and if I can help, great. When I was younger, I just wanted to control. Now it's just, you know, how do I support? But I'm a bit of a leading personality. I, I just can't help it. It just comes through. So naturally when I go into positions, I would always just rise to, you know, into that type of role, but I was expecting it. I was young enough, old enough to have maturity, but young enough not to realize that my staff couldn't do what I did. And actually what this gentleman was trying to tell me was they shouldn't be doing what I did because they weren't being paid what I was being paid and they didn't have my job. But my expectations at that point, I'd done a lot of growth in a decade on myself. I now was awakening and felt everybody should be like me. No. No. No, everyone's not like me. Everybody's not like you. Everyone is unique. And whether you're a leader or a follower, and by the way, I always hire people that are smarter than me. That does not make me feel insecure at all. I've had amazing staff members in my life that have worked for me and made me look really good, that are more organized than I am, more attention to detail. And some of these people have absolutely no interest in my job. They don't want the responsibility. They do not want to be management. That is all fine. But I couldn't do my job without those styles of people. Like I just couldn't. So don't think that one is better than the other. Just be aware of who you are and what makes you happy and kind of run with that. I spent a lot of my life apologizing for kind of being the way I am. I just don't do that anymore. So he sat me down to let me know that, you know, if, if they were you, they'd have your job. So I had to quit having this ginormous expectation that everyone was gonna function at my level, have my skill sets, and be as I was. Now, I have a lot of flaws. Oh, my freaking goodness. Anyone that knows me well enough has has a lot of flaws. And that was just amazing advice. It actually was, again, another turning point in my life. And that particular person's name, I can't remember. I just remember what they told me. So do you see how you have these experiences in your life and these little course corrections? So when my dear friend Birta, and I just got to give her a shout out. She might smack me later, but I can't help myself. So Birta lives here in a lovely city called Kelowna, British Columbia. She is an urban planner. She has a couple of degrees. She's one of these girlfriends I've had since. I've, I think I've mentioned I have these three girlfriends I've known since I like great between two, two and five. So speaking of people that know you well, I'm going to segue back to that in just a second because I kind of bashed my family and I sh- and I really shouldn't have. It's just a matter of how much people know you is the point I was trying to make. She runs a company called Urban Options. She worked for the district in, or city of Kelowna for a number of years, and now she private consults for people that have to build homes and do developments. And let me tell you, when I built our custom-built home 10, 11 years ago, I would have killed for a her. Instead, I had a learning curve. I had to you know learn to navigate the city, and you can just go out and hire someone to do that. So when I talk about taking on something new and take a course I also a big proponent of if you've got a project hire the professionals okay. I my husband and I and I promise I will come back to my point had an investment in a a second home years and years ago where we didn't hire the right people and ended up losing a hundred thousand dollars we didn't lose it it was it was a lost gain because we didn't handle the real estate agents properly. They were dicking around and being a bit of jerks but that was beside the point we weren't playing the game properly so sometimes it's a matter of hire the right professional same thing when I built my house actually is a better example we hired the wrong builder we didn't realize it at first we were trying to save ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars hired some guy that built slab homes you know put the, the uh, that would be a cement foundation and just build a ho- house two stories up we were building a custom-built home they called it a smart home on a ravine our footings for our basement went down to bedrock or whatever they card pan, whatever they call that. Uh, 35 feet or something like that. I mean, we called it the archaeological dig site. Make sure you hire the people that know what you need. The ten or $15,000 that we saved with the builder that we should have gone with, a custom European uh, two gentlemen in an area where I grew up that custom built homes. I look back on that as one of the biggest mistakes of my life that I didn't hire those two gentlemen for that $35,000 back then. And instead of the 25, we paid the... the the non-custom home builder, because in the end, we were $80,000 extra into the house and claims with home warranty because this guy had no clue how to do a custom-built home, okay? So take a course, hire the professional. So Beerta Urban Options, she's spectacular. If you live in the BC area, she works remotely, and she is spectacular and brilliant at what she does. So she was giving me this feedback. Now, my comment earlier about how family is the ones that can hurt you the most because they have the most knowledge about you, Friends, on the other hand, I have known Berta. She was my very first friend in grade one when my mom and dad moved us out to North Delta, which was the middle of freaking nowhere for us, especially my mom, who was a city girl. And she was my neighbor two doors down. We are still the best of friends today we have had times in our lives when we have gone separate ways I was there on the birth of her first son but the point here is she knows me <laughs> there's very little beard doesn't know about me but and it's funny because my sister and I got into a fight once years ago and she was giving me some peace advice but in my mind it was just mean advice and it was criticism it was just criticism criticism and she said to me how come your friends can say this to you, but I can't <laughs> in my head. I didn't say this to her at the time. It was years and years ago. We were very young because she says it in love and you don't. I just felt my sister, and I just always felt with my mom were always just criticizing, 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 knocking me down, holding me back. That's really how I felt. Whether it was a reality or not was irrelevant. That is how I have felt most of my life with those two women in my life. So when she made the comment and actually the funny part was, you know, 30 years ago, she was actually talking about Beerto. <laughs> How come th- your friends can say this? Because they come to me in a position of love. Okay? And she always has. So she gave me this great feedback yesterday. That wasn't criticism which, which she's talking about, Shelley, you need to pause. You need to let us absorb your knowledge. That's not criticism. That is positive feedback from a caring position, which is why I remember those three or four mentors so clearly in my professional life they truly had a heart of um compassion and wanting people to succeed there was obviously something in their makeup and in their personalities that this was important to them they didn't feel they didn't feel that they were uh their staff could surpass them they didn't they didn't had none of that weird insecurity they just simply wanted someone to be better so this is a little bit longer podcast today sorry <laughs> i've just kind of come out of a 3 days of really been introspectively searching of where I want to go next. Um, There's a course I need to take that's significantly and has a significant cost attached to it, but it takes me in a direction that I want to go. And risk is always scary. So, you know, it is in life, but without risk and without moving forward. Is this the right choice for me? I'm not sure yet. I'm going to take my next, we're going on vacation tomorrow, by the way. So there may be, uh, I've scheduled a couple of podcasts, but you might be without me for about 10 days. And I apologize for that. But I hope you are enjoying your summer And I'm taking these couple of weeks to sort of make some decisions about where I want to go next and what path I want to be on, how I can contribute to the world at large and to your lives in general. So I hope you're all having a fabulous day. Thank you for being with me around the world. And I will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.